Hey guys, before we get started, you know what to do. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod on our website, launchpadpod.com. We love hearing from you guys. We love that everybody's been reaching out to us on our social media, telling us what they like, giving us suggestions of things to watch, giving us suggestions of things to read. It's been really fun. I've been reading comic books that people have been telling me I got to check out and loving it. I read Wolf Moon, which was recommended to me by Ryan Dempsey. This was by a friend of the show, Cullen Bunn. And this thing is incredible. What a cool werewolf comic. Everybody's got to check this out. Uh, I got it through Comixology for free through Amazon. So I was able to read Wolf Moon for free. And it is a phenomenal werewolf How'd you get it for comic. free? You, like Amazon was giving it? Amazon was just like, doesn't cost you anything. You already subscribed to Comixology. So here it is. Do you have Comixology Unlimited? I guess I do. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. All right. But like when I went to go buy the comic book, it was like, you have Comixology. Read it for free. And I was like, dope. And I read it and it is. I'm going to look that shit up right now. You, re- you went to buy it on Amazon? Yeah. Matt's doing it right now. He does not know how awesome it is, but I'm like, oh man. What's I wa- it called? It's called Wolf Moon, and it is the coolest werewolf story I've read in a long time. So fucking cool. A really interesting take on the mythology, because it's not like a curse or anything. It's like a new take on it, which is cool. It's super gory, super violent, and just really well done. I think I would love to see this as a movie. I want to see this as a movie so bad. So anybody who works at Vertigo, Colin Bunn, hit us up. We'll we'll make you a dope-ass werewolf movie. (laughs) Dude. All right, uh, guys, I got to show you. I'm going to send to Rumi one of the entries that I found for Wolf Moon. Oh, did you and get something that was not a comic Rumi, book? Rumi, you tell me if this is the one <laughs> that you were reading, because I'm thinking yes. <laughs> it says, Wolf Moon, a paranormal shifter romance. And it shows a hunk, shirtless hunk, standing in front of a wolf. This looks good, Rumi. <laughs> <laughs> no, the cover of Wolf Moon that I read has a cool guy in like a leather jacket. It's a very similar composition. There is a guy standing there, but behind him, the werewolf this is... This is the sequel. I sent you the sequel. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What Matt is looking at is Wolf Moon, some sort of sexy book. The look of this guy, he should open up a liquor store because he is packing six packs, my dude. Six on six on six packs. Man, we are getting so off topic. Guys. Yeah, it's true. We're talking about pitches today because Matt and I are a couple of sons of pitches. So let's get into the episode. Well played. <laughs> on today's Launchpad Podcast. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt, put down that sexy wolf book. (laughs) I'm like entranced. It explains (laughs) a lot about you now that I think about it, but uh, the, the pitch for that sexy wolf book was like, What's two things women love? Shirtless hunks <laughs> and fucking like it throws. <laughs> oh my god. I do have a funny story about romance novels, and I guess there's no better time to say it than now. So when you work on a movie set or a TV show set, 
and you see books in the background, literally the set deck department had to go buy a bunch of books and they usually get them at deep discount. Mm-hmm. So it's just whatever was at the the book depository or whatever. And they stocked the bookshelves with them. On the Walking Dead set, a ton of the books are trashy romance novels because, surprise, people just throw them out when they're done reading them because <laughs> they don't want them on their bookshelf. And one of my favorite things to do when bored and waiting for something to happen on set is to pull one of the books off and start reading until enough people are like, stop. You need to stop right now. <laughs> because all of these books, for some reason, I don't know if... The, I, I, I mean, I have never read a romance novel, but all of them are like, he's a detective and she's a witch. Their forbidden love can't be stopped. Oh, people lo- women love yeah. forbidden love. Yeah, they love forbidden love. So it's always like, but will their love be enough before the werewolves stop them? And you're like, wait, what? And it's like, it's all these like, he's a demon and she's an angel, but the deep high wizards of the werewolf clan can't stop the witches from performing the sacrifice before their sexiness gets through. And you're like, wait, what? And like, it's always just ridiculous plots. And then you just turn to page like 20 and it's like really hardcore, uh, pornography written into a the book. best is that not only did you read these enough to make these jokes and everything but like you remembered a lot about them does anyone else notice like how much Rumi is remembering <laughs> dude those things are dude pretty fucking sexy <laughs> all right I'll, I'll, I'll i and some of our listeners hopefully will give wolf moon the sexy novel a tryout <laughs> no wolf moon the comic book with the badass werewolf it should have been called Full moon, and it could have been about butt stuff. <laughs> Was that two on the nose? <laughs> uh, judging by this hunk on the front, there's probably plenty of butt stuff in there. <laughs> well, like you said, this is not at all what we're talking about, but uh, we, as we sometimes do on this show, we fell down a rabbit hole. Let's get back to it, man. Sons of Pitches. That's today's episode. We are talking about. The meeting that must have had to have happened for something to exist. And one of my favorite go-to examples is something that we brought up in one of our earliest episodes, the bad toy episode. Mm -hmm. Matt brought up the Punisher Transformer dick gun. (laughs) This was a Punisher action figure that you were supposed to be able to like, he was a a big bulky figure. You could transport or transform him into like a, a missile launcher. But if you half transformed him, he had a giant missile launcher dick that just it it was ex- like it, there's no way they didn't notice that if you half transformed him, it was a dick. Yeah, like part of the transformation process was just the Punisher arms and legs, <laughs> regular guy, a bipedal man <laughs> with a giant missile launcher cock. <laughs> And I mean, it's just one of those things. Someone at some point during testing slash production had to have noticed that and be like, hey, if the kid doesn't finish transforming them, Punisher's just got a giant rocket hard on. And the point of a pitch meeting, somebody went to a meeting, a room full of peers, other human beings who sign off on this. They accept the pitch. They sign off on it. Multiple people saw this and said, thumbs up, go to production and put that shit on toy shelves. <laughs> At no point did somebody go, uh, excuse me, timidly raising their hand and be like, does anybody else see the problem I'm seeing? Nobody said that. 
Right. And it's blatant. What if the rocket launcher was closer to his arm? Yeah. Why can't his head become the rocket launcher? <laughs> Why? Like, like <laughs> even the rocket launcher out of his butt, if he fired an ass rocket, would have been better than this. Well, it's funny because like if you go and like you mentioned one of our earlier episodes was about terrible toys. And if you go back and listen to that episode, it's full of these like what were they thinking things and you and i for the longest time even before the show we would always have these discussions where we'd be joking and talking and be like who would pitch this and then we would like do little skits almost where we'd be like johnson you know you got to come up with a such and such and we would make these little skits up so zip fucking flushomatic the uh, the oozinator is one of those that you're just like. I almost wait. did the oozinator for today. Almost the flushomatic, the Ninja Turtle torture toilet torture device. Uh, how about the Nimbus 2000, a giant Harry Potter themed vibrator that they sold to children? Nobody was like, I don't think this is a good idea. Even recently, there's the the troll movie series that mm-hmm. came out. Like troll dolls made a movie series. Very popular music, very popular movies. They came out with a doll that giggles and laughs when you press a button between its legs. Nice. It's fucked up. You know what? I, uh, it was not a big a problem for a while because a lot of guys couldn't find that button. <laughs> <laughs> Some even claiming that it was a myth. <laughs> Dude, I would love one day to open a toy store with you with only those types of toys. Only oh. those toys where you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Is that a clitoris <laughs> troll? Is that a rocket launcher Punisher dick? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. We're already off to a good start. But Matt and I came up with some of our own pitches to some products that we have found and these are real products. These exist. You can buy these. And we've done this separately. So Matt did his homework. I did my homework. We don't know what each other's pitches are, but we're enlisting each other to help with the pitches. And it's we'll see what we get. But these are some terrible products. They can be movies, toys. Car, I mean, who knows? We don't even know. But they can be any sort of product. And this is inevitably what mm-hmm. must have had to have happened in a closed room somewhere. People gathered, and this had to have been what was said. Matt, start us off. All right. So this guy, Johnson, walks into his boardroom and says, you know, one thing I noticed in some of these funny books the publisher has sent over is that the Punisher is always grumpy. He's always by himself. He's just really shooting guys. Not a lot of dialogue. He doesn't have any friends. He's got no love interest. He doesn't even have like a little kid to like make jokes to or like care about. Well, for this TV show, instead of the fun, action-packed shoot 'em up the comic books provide, let's see Punisher's softer side. Instead of him spending the season hunting down and executing bad guys like the fans always see in the comics, let's have him develop a relationship with his tech guy's wife. Now, com- this is going to be completely platonic, you understand. You see, I think changing this nihilistic one-man army out for revenge into a sort of gay best friend, protective big brother character. I think that's just what this property needs for its TV debut. And there's a quiet boardroom. And Guy in a suit leans forward and puts his chin on his fist dreamily and goes, Go on. Another guy goes, What about kids? Can we have some kids in it? 
Well, there, that's, that's going to be a season two thing. You see, kids are still in fans' minds because of the great plotline in Warzone. All those boring scenes of the Punisher talking to and caring about that single mom and her child. Plus, we can't just hit our viewers with that right away. This is the Punisher we're talking about here. We have to build up to the big Punisher in a relationship story where he and a kid sheepishly convince another single mother to take them out for pancakes. <laughs> I love pancakes. I love pancakes. <sighs> well, picture this. The Punisher. The uh, killing machine with the skull on his shirt. Yes. Well, no, no. He's just got like regular clothes on. Wait, he's just killing people in regular clothes? Won't our audiences be confused by that? Ah, I thought of that. And that's why, instead of just killing people, he'll be sitting on a couch with this woman, his partner's wife, you know, just kind of like chatting. Like she's upset about her husband missing and the Punisher is just like a sympathetic ear, you know, like a shoulder to cry on. You don't see a lot of that in the comics. Silent boardroom. One guy leans forward and goes, Can they be drinking wine? (laughs) (laughs) Greenlight that. Put that on Netflix. Two seasons, baby. I love it. Roll camera. I don't understand how that show got made. So, and here's my (sighs) thought on this is, right? This is the Netflix Punisher series. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, it was hard for me to narrow down which part of of on-screen Punisher I wanted to shit on for this. Because, (laughs) and I thought of this. Tell me if you, if you think I'm wrong. The people that make Punisher movies and Punisher TV shows are just like the bad guys and mobsters in the comics that try to take him on. They're all like, nobody else can do this because they were dumb, but I have a different approach. And then they do the same fucking thing as everybody else. And in the comics, they get shot in the face. In the movies, in in the TV show, they just blow it. Yeah. Well, here's the craziest thing is, hey, did you guys see John Wick? Put a skull on that, dude. You got the best Punisher <laughs> yeah, movie you've yeah. ever done. I don't know why. And, and here's the thing. It's, it's because Marvel is too big that they think they need to appeal to every single person mm-hmm. that they can reach. They're like, we need to get women, kids who love pancakes, guys who like guns, <laughs> everybody. And we need them all. And they're trying to get them all in. But back when they weren't that big, remember when they made a little movie called Blade? And yes. he killed a bunch of vampires, put a skull on skull, his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been the best Punisher movie you could have had. And it was because they weren't appealing to everybody. The original Blade series was like, people who like guys who kill vampires, action-packed awesomeness, scary movies, check, 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 and check. They narrowed down their audience. And the thing is, I feel like people like, hey- the Punisher, he's an everyman, right? No, no, he's not. <laughs> he's supposed to be no man. That's the thing, right? Let's make him an everyman and then apply to everybody. And that's why you and I both agree that it's like the original Dolph Lundgren Punisher is still one of the best versions because he's not even really a character in the movie. He's just this ghost that shows up and kills right, people. Right. And, you know, remember when we talked with Zeb Wells. He said that a lot of his favorite stuff was the distilled version of a character is the word he kept using. And I like that. And Punisher is not that hard to distill. He kills bad guys. End of story. You don't like and I, you know, I just read a book that a Punisher book that really kind of went off on a tangent and it wasn't that great. But like, okay, I get it. But you just need him killing people. There's and I feel that like what you just said made sense where. 
they want women to be interested in the show. They want young, younger, you know, teenage kids to be interested in the show. They want guys our age and maybe even our fathers. So they try to get everything in there. No, he just shoots bad guys, period. Guess what? Daredevil did it and Daredevil did it well. I don't need another Daredevil show if I want a well-rounded character that draws in all facets of fandom. Daredevil was nailing it. And then you were like, let's do that. But with Punisher, you rinse and repeated the formula for a character that it doesn't work for. And look, people love Punisher. And you know what? It worked in bringing in audiences that were not aware of like this character. It brought in a lot of audience, a lot of other audiences. I had a cousin who doesn't care about superheroes or anything at all. It was like Punisher was awesome. I was like, um, and I didn't want to shit on it because I was just so glad that somebody cared about the Punisher all of a sudden. But at the same time, you're like, that misses the point completely of what he is. Right, right. And I I have the same exact thing. I had a friend who was like, this story was great because it, it showed like that he has PTSD and showed, and it's like, but that's not the Punisher. That If you're watching the Punisher for that, you're missing the point of the Punisher. I want John Wick with a skull on his shirt. Right, right. That's all I need. And you failed three movies and a TV show in this facet. It's like the same people who want to see Punisher's PTSD problems love watching Bruce Wayne's parents get shot. Like, we know. We know why he's Batman. We don't want to see it again. I get it. I get it. But again, we're the small audience that they don't want to court because they know as fanboys they already have our money. And they know even though we spent money on it, we'll still be at the computer being like, um, that's not the Punisher. The Punisher didn't do that. And they just don't care. They want a different audience that possibly spends more money than us. <laughs> and that being said, I own at least one, two, three, four Punisher movies. Yep. Like for Punisher DVDs. How and many I own, shirts do you have? Literally, no joke, no exaggeration. I probably have, I think, 19. Last time I counted was 16 but I have 19 different Punisher skull designs. There's at least minute differences across them. And I'm very happy about that. But I have two DVD versions of the John, of the um, Tom Jane Punisher. I have Warzone. Yeah. I have Dolph Lundgren. I do not have the TV show. I will not get that one. That was just, that was just too bad. And yet still, you are not the audience that they wanted for this show. The funniest thing to me is now Punisher has been co-opted by a lot of like police and like yes. right wing people who like to like tout the Punisher and the Punisher skull to mean something to them. And to me, that's hilarious. It's like the same people who like wave a Jesus flag while at the same time are being hateful assholes. If the Punisher showed up right now, like in real life, how do you think he'd respond to you? (laughs) I only have an onomatopoeia for it, but it goes... (laughs) Like, it's just the same thing. Like, people tout this person as a hero, and if that character was real like Punisher or Jesus, he'd show up and be like, no, not into you at all or what you stand for. Mm-hmm. All right, man. How about another pitch? Let's hear All right. Hello, esteemed Universal Marketing Team and representatives from Amblin Entertainment. Steven, Steve, <laughs> congratulations on the success of E.T. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's been out of this world. <laughs> yeah, of course it has. This little movie is going gangbusters in theaters, and I know we're all very excited for this holiday season. Let's just say that the release of the E.T. Atari game at Christmas has us all in the marketing <laughs> department pretty excited for our Christmas bonuses. <laughs> but let me ask you a question. What holiday comes before Christmas? Thanksgiving. 
Oh, uh, well, well, yeah, yes, Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> but we already decided that ET branded turkeys wasn't the brand image we were wanting to put forward before Thanksgiving. Come on, I'm talking pumpkins, ghosts, trick or treat. It's Halloween, guys. We have an ET mask lined up that I think is going to sell like Reese's Pieces and maybe unseat that Tor Johnson mask. I mean, who's Tor Johnson anyway? But what would make an ET costume complete? That brings me to the point. Pointer finger, that is. Yes, ET's magical finger is the perfect Halloween accessory to complete you or your child's costume. Now... You can pretend to heal your friends with the glowing touch of an extraterrestrial, battery-operated and easily slipped on and off. Why just the finger, you ask? Why not a full glove? Well, <laughs> we noticed that E.T. only has three fingers and a thumb, so we thought, why waste the material? Let's take the guesswork out of where to hide a fourth digit and just give the kitties what they want this Halloween. The finger. Um, it looks like a dick. <laughs> So this is a plastic finger sold at Halloween time around the release of E.T. that glowed and it just looks like a long seven inch wrinkled cock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've seen this, but I'm looking it up right now and it's fucking hysterical that this is a thing. It's amazing. Now, here are a couple things. There's a couple reasons why that's even funnier than it than it already was. I thought I was hilarious, but... E.T. as a video game was one of the worst selling video games of all time and considered a just massive disaster. If you want to hear more about that, you can watch High Score on Netflix. The first episode, it's like a docuseries. The first episode is about the failure of E.T. Massive failure. The mask, the E.T. Halloween mask is the worst selling mask of all time. <laughs> the reason being is this thing came out at like $50 a pop and nobody wanted to spend that on their child and a six foot tall ET is fucking creepy nobody wants that either so the ET mask just was a no-go and they tried to complete the costume with this fucking one single finger not a glove not something that felt like it was part of the costume just one long nasty wrinkled cock finger the ET extraterrestrial finger light there's no way even as a kid I would have made the connection that this looks like a fucking dick. It totally it looks like a dill. It looks like a sex toy. It totally does. Lights up. You're supposed to put it on your finger. I mean, if I was an adult who was dumb enough to buy the ET mask and I'm wrapped in a toga, I'd wear nothing underneath except this glowing finger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. Somebody went in and was like, marketing, here we go. Check this out. This is going to be great, right? And people were like, what? But it went to market anyway. It sold on shelves. Your grandma saw this in a store and was like, uh. <laughs> guys, if any of you guys have these toys that we're going to talk about, it's $75 on eBay. Oh, here's 70, $70 with shipping. That's pretty good. Uh, if you guys have these, please tell us. Let us know. Heal us. <laughs> Jesus, it's it's horrendous. I, I can't believe somebody saw this and was like, cool, let's put that on toy shelves. There's only a couple on eBay. Everyone must be hoarding them. <laughs> lonely, lonely women. <laughs> oh. Yeah. They're healing their sex lives. <laughs> oh, my God. So the best-selling mask of all time was actually Tor Johnson, which was I mentioned in the, in yep. the bit. Tor Johnson is the big, large, bald man from Plan 9 from Outer Space and a couple other movies, but that mask sold gangbusters, a Don Post mask, 
and it wasn't super expensive and it was very generic. So people who are like last minute costume, walk into a costume shop, that mass is 20 bucks and it looks kind of scary. Done. It was so simple and perfect for any, you could wear any clothes with it. It didn't require any extra. Right, right. You know, outfit. And it was not as expensive as like Frankenstein or something else like that. So it was just kind of funny that like Tor Johnson is the best selling mask of all time and fucking E.T. just has a terrible time marketing because he's not a fun. He's an ugly little scrotum of a creature. Remember we talked to uh, our buddy George over at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We've had him on the show a couple of times. And on one of our I think it was either a Halloween episode or close to Halloween episode. We were chatting with him. And he told us about uh, one of his friends was like deathly afraid of E.T. And he, like even as a grown up, they used to like fuck with him and put it on when he was coming over and shit. Yeah, my wife hates E.T. too. I get it. I always liked him and, and I was never afraid of him or anything. But I guess if it was like in my house and I didn't know his intentions, you'd be. Yeah. Especially if he got that boner neck and I just. I've gone into this many, many, many times. But since we're talking about E.T., he's the scariest alien that exists. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know your, I know your thoughts on that. Again, throw it, spawn it out quick. Yeah, so the xenomorph can pop out of your chest. The predator can hunt you down, but the ET controls your children with mind control. And when you separate them, <laughs> the child dies. <laughs> That's fucked up, dude. That's a hell of a defense mechanism too. Like bonding mentally with a child, psych, psychic bonding, and then mm-hmm. when you separate them, the host dies. What? Damn, we're lucky that he was friendly and just like drinking beers or whatever. And, and Elliot was burping. He could have been like, kill your parents. And Elliot would have been like, cool. Well, now bang, I'm thinking bang, bang. of a crossover where a predator is hunting E.T. And E.T. defense mechanism like bonds with the predator's child. <gasps> Ooh, right? whoa. I, I mean, I'd read that comic. Steven Spielberg, hit us up. <laughs> uh, he's a bit out of this world at the moment. <laughs> I've never gotten to play Steven Spielberg before. That was fun for me. Oh, hey, nice. Good. <laughs> you got another pitch, man? Oh, yeah. This is a good one. Near and dear to my heart. All right, cool. This is another one like the Punisher movies where I really had to think about which, which way I wanted to go with this because there's many avenues. All right. Ready? All right. Mm-hmm. Johnson walks in to the boardroom. Fucking Johnson. Gentlemen, these prequels have been a disaster. Sales are down. Star Wars isn't the pop culture icon it used to be. We fumble the ball, and it's up to us, the action figure division, to recover. Now, let's just stop and think about this. When you think of these new prequels, what stands out? What would be the defining moment that not only does the entire new trilogy hinge upon, but what will the toy-playing Star Wars fans of this generation want to reenact on their coffee tables and in their backyards more than any other part of the saga? The dumb lightsaber kids? The short order cook at the space diner. You're both right. The dirty ass cook was an instantly classic Star Wars character that kids are sure to be dressing up as for Halloween next year. And those ugly little alien kids awkwardly wiggling lightsabers around in a cramped room. These are two things our analysts have predicted kids will go nuts for. And these are the same analysts who thought the Force should be explained as a virus and advise that Anakin be responsible for building C-3PO. They know their stuff. With that, we are moving forward with the next wave of figures. It'll include Dark Vader and R2-B2 and all that, but we also want to include some lesser used, but overwhelmingly interesting characters like the diner owner. What child wouldn't want to recreate the scene where he gives Obi-Wan some information about something the audience has no frame of reference for? 
And on the production side, we can save money because we don't have to include a weapon with this figure. He didn't fight anybody. He didn't even do anything. Guy raises his hand. Can we create a diner booth playset? Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. First, let's release Dexter Jetster. Then the next wave, we can release some sort of listening without expression Obi-Wan figure. And then maybe the playset. But while we work on that, we'll also be releasing numerous, yes, numerous, little kid figures. Uh, will they come with tiny lightsabers? Of course! How else will Star Wars fans reenact the scene where Obi-Wan barges into Yoda's homeroom class and a bunch of kids are just standing around? Jedis are fine, there's nothing wrong with them, but today's sophisticated children are probably more excited by the idea of Jedis-to-be without the flashy powers or abilities or relevance or storyline or even dialogue. What about the kid who says, because someone erased them for the archive files? Oh, funny you should say that. We've been working on a talking version of that kid, but the voice box inside the doll still doesn't sound as robotic as the kid in the movie. (laughs) There's also an overheating problem. Oh, and that reminds me. The coolest (laughs) new figure we have coming out is Anakin from the end of Revenge of the Sith. You know, at the final battle when Obi-Wan cuts his limbs off and his skin and hair burn off? Yeah, we're making that a (laughs) 3.75-inch action figure. (laughs) You know, for children to play with. So kids can reenact the peacekeeping Jedi dismember his best friend just before he almost burns to death. We're going to call it Low Ground Anakin. (laughs) It's going to be great. Get this. His legs and arm can be pulled off. The kids will love it. Well, Johnson, I have to say, it's very impressive and much better than your Jar Jar Binks suck-a-tongue lollipop. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Who comes up with that? I forgot about that one. Oh, man. Now, that said, in all reality, I've at least two copies of that figure. <laughs> I almost did the suck a tongue lollipop, but you're so right. Like they made so like, and again, Star Wars is probably one of the worst franchises at making bullshit toys. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I'm not complaining because I bought a bunch yeah, of those bullshit toys. We all did, but I feel like at a certain point we all were like, no, 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 nope. And it yeah. was for me. It was before the prequels, but. The prequels made, there were so many things that you're like, wait, you made an action figure of the the guy who was selling food out of a cart that Jar Jar Binks stole a frog from? Like, what is a kid going to do with that toy? Unless you're just trying to populate a diorama or something. Jet, Dexter Jetster? Who the, even if he had a bitchin' backstory, which I don't even know if he did... But let's just say he was a fucking cutthroat assassin in his previous life. He was life. helping the rebels defeat the the bad guys with plans with to the death. Like, nobody does. And the actual nobody figure, wants I looked guy. it up, yeah. the actual figure, and these are real figures, guys. The yeah. actual figure did come with a bunch of, like, cutlery tools, and they were encased in electricity like they were, I don't know, magical or from the future or, I guess, from the past. I don't know. There's a lot of Padawan action figures, a lot of them from all of the prequels, certainly the second and the third prequel. And when Revenge of the Sith came out, there absolutely was an Anakin figure that's all burnt off, no hair. He looks like a Freddy Krueger face. His whole uh, metal arm is exposed as a metal arm, and both legs and his other arm can pop off. And I bought, I know I bought at least two of them because I opened one and put it on top of my TV stand. 
And I may even, I don't know, I'd have to check. I may have bought a couple Padawans because I had an idea of making like a diorama of an Anakin figure with his lightsaber just slicing through a bunch of kids. And I wanted to put little Padawan parts all over the place and have, you know, his lightsaber half embedded as if he was mid-sliced through it. But it's like... Why didn't you do this? I just... <laughs> I didn't have time. I, it's, a, it's a thing I want to do at some point. No excuses. I hate this. Do it right now. <laughs> it would look awesome though, right? Have like, it done by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pitch to you. That pitch rocks. The toy pitch. <laughs> like, there's so many things that I just feel like... There was a blanket like, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, cool. That guy who sells death sticks. Fuck yeah, that guy. Let's get him going. Like, yeah, the the thing that I mentioned was a Jar Jar Binks candy that was his head and it opened up like a Venus fly trap and his tongue was the lollipop. So literally you opened up Jar Jar Binks's <laughs> head in a horrific fashion, like breaking his jaws open. Yeah. King Kong just, style, uh, right? Uh, uh, sucking on his tongue. Yeah. Real weird. <laughs> Real weird toy. I almost did that one. That would have been hilarious if we had two Star Wars things on here. But unfortunately, we didn't, so it's not hilarious at all. <laughs> not funny. Nice try, Launchpad. <laughs> not funny at all. There's so many dumb Star Wars ones, man. It's that's and I was just trying to stick to action figures, and even that, there were so many to choose from. Seriously. And you're right, though. It's like, I think they thought people were going to be recreating, like, Tatooine Merchant Center it's like, well, I got a Watu. I guess I got to get Dexter Dexter <laughs> and build out his fucking diner. Yeah, it's like, I just, what did they, what did uh, they think they was going to happen? I mean, the only thing that I, le- like, without joking, the only thing I can imagine that they really were thinking is these idiots will buy anything. And yes. they, they, that's the only thing I could think about. Well, the first movies got us hooked little by little. At first it was Luke and Han and Leia and Chewie and Darth Vader and a stormtrooper, and it was like the essential character. And then when they saw we would buy all of those, they're like, okay, uh, what about a Gamorrean guard? Bought it. Okay, what What about a Lobot? We'll, we'll buy it. We'll buy it. Give it to us. And that's just how it went. And for the prequels, they just went, whatever character existed, make a toy of it. We know they're going to buy it. But that wasn't the case. You needed to get us hooked on the characters first and the characters that were exciting and the ones that we cared about. And it would expand because we would have been hungry for it. Yeah. And that's another huge problem with the prequels is they're like, the more shit we add, the more shit we can sell. So mm-hmm. they just like packed it the fuck in there. Those two-headed announcers from the Padre scene. Ooh, yeah, let's get them because I want to reenact Padre ooh, scene ah, complete ooh, ah. with fucking announcer, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I want. <sighs> what a failure. I hate the prequels so much. <laughs> Fuck, I hate them so bad and I do remember like shortly before the prequels I stopped buying toys because they started to do like special edition you know Star Wars original trilogy special edition yep. where it was like who wants that character and I remember with my fucking busboy job you know like I was buying those things and I remember being like I don't need that what like that doesn't make sense and very like very, I was like I'll buy the boss but I'm not buying the asp droid and then it was like no, never mind. I'm not buying any more of this shit because now I'm like onto you yeah. assholes. Yeah. When I, when you, yeah, when you caught wise, I unfortunately caught wise after I had bought no less than 3 Queen Amidala figures cuz I was like that's going to be rare. 
You still I have still one? have Darth Maul in package. Yeah. Oh, I have a yeah. Darth Maul in package too. I just I just sold a shit ton of those old, well, the newer Power of the Force ones from the nineties because I was like, I don't need all of them, and some of them I do have more than one. All right, man. Here's another pitch for a toy line. All right. Hello, Tonka ad team. I know times are dire. We are being crushed by Hasbro and the damn Transformers. Our GoBots have been called Transformer frauds and tantamount to vehicular plagiarism. The movie was a flop, and the television show is only performing because it's sandwiched between the Pirates of Dark Water and a pup <laughs> named Scooby-Doo. But that's about to change. Children need a new transforming robot role model, something they can depend on as sturdy as the earth they walk on. Something strong and lasting, something solid. Solid like a rock. That's that's good. Can we use that song? Uh, that song, unfortunately, has been taken by Chevy. But ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Rock Lords. Powerful, living rocks. <laughs> rocks are often someone's first toy, friend, and lover. <laughs> and these rocks are rocks on the outside and robots on the inside. This toy line will grab children with the excitement of geology. With characters like Granite, Nugget, Marbles, he has psychic powers, with villains like Magmar and Tombstone. Let the battle of the Rock Lords begin! And today, we have some very exciting news. We have all heard rumors of the Transformer movie on the rise, but our animation teams have been working around the clock, and I am happy to announce that we can beat the Transformers to theaters by five months. Telly Savalas is already on board to do a voice as well as Roddy McDowell. I think this is where we rock the competition. <laughs> Cars wreck, run out of gas, go out of style, rocks last forever. Let's go. All in on Rock Lords and the powerful living rocks. <laughs> rocks are forever. So, yeah, that's uh, Rock Lords. You ever have any of these, Remy? I did. I did, but I think it was, I either got it from like a garage, a buddy's garage sale, or he just gave it to me. So it's not like I yeah. went out and bought it or my family bought it. I don't know if that makes it any better or worse, but. Did you think they were fucking stupid? <laughs> Rock Lords? Yeah. Yes, except they had, if I remember correctly, they, unless it was Transformers, they had pets that was like a rock and you'd open up the rock and t like the, the pet pieces would swing out, like the head would swing out, tail and the legs, and you close it back up so it looked like a little egg with uh with legs it was pretty fucking cool no they were not fucking cool every time i played with it every time you're like transforming it from rock or back to robot or whatever it'd come to the same conclusion this is fucking dumb the mechanics weren't even as like complex as a transformer which was part of what made transformers cool to play with these were just like flip open a lid and there's his face and you're just ah they were just dumb I, I had a Rock Lord that was brown. Oh, no, wait. You know what? Someone did buy me a Rock Lord, I think. It was a, yes, it, I, it was a brown guy who had a mohawk. I think he was a bad guy. Yeah, 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 Magmar. I'm on board. That's no, Magmar. I think it's cool. I'm on board. I like it. No, it's fucking stupid. They're rocks. Like, who <laughs> wants a rock? Like, at least Transformers, like, kids like cars, kids like robots. You can have one or the other or both or halfway in between. Rock Lords, the resting state of rock is fucking stupid. I don't care if it's shiny or gold or amethyst or whatever like geological bullshit you say it is. 
It's a fucking rock that nobody wants to play with. You're being mineralist. <laughs> Rocks are cool. Rocks are like the new cars. My brother had several of these. He had a gold one and then this like green one that had like a red helmet when he popped his little head out. The gold one but was Roddy like, McDowell, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it just was so ridiculous to me because it was like, cool, he turns into a rock. Not like, whoa, cool, it turns into a dump truck. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least I can still play with that toy regardless of what he transforms into. I can't play with a rock. I get what you're saying, but you are incorrect. Did you watch the cartoon show? I may have seen a couple episodes. I know out the garage right now I have the VHS of the GoBots Meet the Rock Lords. Battle for the Rock Lords. Since Rock Lords are so fucking cool, why don't you go get that VHS right now, pop that shit in, watch it, I'll wait, come back and tell me how cool Rock Lords are then. And and how about this for a tagline? Rock Lords, powerful living rocks. That's that's the best. Like, robots in disguise is fucking bitching and tells you everything you need to know. Powerful living rocks is dumb and very, very weak. I wonder if they had better ones, but it was like, it was a better slogan but it was unclear what they were trying to say. So, like, it needs to be more on the nose. (laughs) Rock Lords, rock hard. (laughs) Again, I feel like this is like a desperation panic move. They're like, oh my God, guys, we need something in the next five minutes or this meeting is not going to go right. We, like, we, we have to beat Transformers in the next quarter or we're going under. Like, Tonka's fucked if we don't come up with a better a better toy than the Transformers. And this is like five minutes before the meeting and they're like, oh, fuck. Uh, 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 rock Lords, rocks, rocks. I got rocks. We can do some, something with rocks. And like, they just went in and were like something with rocks and they were so panicked that they're like, make it happen, guys. <laughs> it was a massive failure anyway. I mean, it, it, it lasted a few rounds, but the, the show and the movie were garbage. I'd have to rewatch again, but I'm a, I I remember as a kid it clearly wasn't the greatest and I think as a kid I knew it wasn't the greatest, but I was on board, it was fun. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> you're on board for Rock Lords. All right. Well, you would have signed off at the meeting. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have been like, "Yep, okay, Travis track this. Telly Savalas is on board." Yeah, baby. <laughs> Then you're on unemployment by the second quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Did any of our listeners, to our listeners, did any of you guys have Rock Lords? Does anybody think that Rock Lords was better than Transformers? Oh, we should put a poll up on social media. Not not if it was better. Because I think, like, I'm sorry, if you think think Rock Lords was better, you're an idiot. But, like, (laughs) like, like, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like, yeah, that shit was fun. Who cares? Let's do it. If you let us know, thumbs up or thumbs down on Rock Lords. You don't have to rate anything. Just thumbs up or thumbs down. I thought it was so stupid. Anyway, <laughs> I, I will put this up. Look look on our social media for a Rock Lords survey. <laughs> All right, Rumi, you got one more? I do. I do. All right. All right. Hit me with it. All right. We're here to throw around some ideas for Transformers 2. Now, we know the first one worked because of scenes like Bumblebee peeing on a guy and five giant robots sneaking around and hiding outside of Sam's house. So this time, we really need to go for the gold. Luckily, I have some ideas. Go on. But I know we can't top those. That sneaking around bit? Genius. Well, we're going to try. First, we have an annoying little traitorous Steve Buscemi robot 
He'll be annoying and kind of unnecessary, but we also have one of the Transformers fart. Kids will love that. Uh, will the fart transform? Uh, I'm going to have to talk to the CG department about that, but I'm guessing it's going to be too difficult to do. As you know, we're making everything on the Transformers move and spin. There's not a static plane on any of these designs. Everything is spinning all over the fucking place. So doing a fart may be kind of hard. We will have a character's pants get ripped off, though, so we can see his underwear. <laughs> this is what fans of the original cartoon have been waiting for for like 30 years. I'm still cracking up about the fart, but tell us about character development. Oh, oh, you want characters? How about two brand new ones, Mudflap and Skids? These urban robots have all the attitude today's inner city youth love with none of that confusing intelligence. The urban market is one we're always trying to tap, yo. <laughs> you won't see these guys fighting much in super close-up shaky cam battle scenes that we love for this franchise. These guys are purely comedy, but not highbrow comedy like we're doing with Devastator. You know, the awesome, giant Transformer made of a bunch of construction Decepticon vehicles? Well, in our script, he's just kind of a monster. Doesn't do much, has no personality, but what he does have are balls. Literally, the design team came up with this. Check it out. Wrecking balls as his actual balls. That's right. Check off another <laughs> box, the fanboys must see list. This movie is going to feature robot testicles all right but do they transform yeah into dollar signs <laughs> movie approved <laughs> greenlit for five more sequels like what the fuck how many transformer movies have there been um, at least four uh, again i own this movie this movie's in my fucking garage and i hate it I hate it. I bought it as part of a set. The first one was terrible. This one was worse. The third one, if I remember correctly, was okay. I liked it more. And then back to being terrible again. There's six of them. Six Transformers movies. Oh, that's right. Because uh, I saw one of the um, Mark Wahlberg ones and then it was like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. Nope. Oh, my God. I, s I think I saw Dark of the Moon. I don't know. I saw the one where one of the Transformers ate a building. Like he was like a big worm transformer with like teeth that spun and he eats a building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't and that movie which one that was. sucked for three hours and then was cool for 20 minutes and that was it. Mm. It's so bad. The whole franchise was terrible. I remember, yeah. and it's like heartbreaking. I honestly like almost cried writing that. I remember the first trailer I saw for the first movie was that army base scene where the helicopter lands and then gets up and starts yeah. blowing shit up. I was like, this is going to be awesome. It was the only cool thing to happen in six movies. Um, I don't know. The first one, like, I agree that the rest of them are terrible, and especially the second one, because the second one was like, how about them nuts, kids? You think these are funny? How about these two characters? They are hilarious, right? And you're like, who wrote this? Who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, like, what pitch happened? And the thing is, it's probably fucking Michael Bay being like, kids are going to love it. Fuck you. And they were like, hey, you made us a billion dollars on the last movie, so yeah. go for it. I like the first movie. I don't think it's that bad. It's Terrible. the best made out of an 80s. It's the rock lords of Transformers. <laughs> the first one is still the best version of an 80s toy line you've seen in the 20th century. I mean, the movie, the animated film was better, but I still think they pulled it off. Mm. 
<laughs> it just was like I wanted it to be Transformers doing stuff. Everything spin like every piece of the Transformers moving so goddamn much was just too much. It was just way too That's much. That's a weird thing to and latch on to though. Spinning it's all still- over and then the fight scenes were terribly shot and and like just everything was a little shaky, 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 shaky. Yeah, that's annoying. But just having stuff be like giant robots are hiding and crouching and laughing outside of a house and the people in the house don't know that they're out there. Get the fuck out of here. That scene was delightful. That was delightful. That's the, that's the best <laughs> part of that movie. And at least was entertaining. But again, again, as with many, 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 many large creature robot monster movies, Someone along the way was like, people are here to see human beings talk, right? Right, right. They don't want to see too much. Like, I think we have too much robots fighting in this movie. And like, by the third Transformer movie, they fucked it up even more. And they're like, okay, okay, we get it. You don't want to see the humans talk. How about we make the robots talk? And then the (laughs) robots are talking to each other. It's like, no, we want to see the robots fight, period. (laughs) Did you see John Wick? Yeah. Turn into a robot, and that's what I want. Just make more of that. God, I can't believe they fucked it up as bad as they did. But I don't know. I the yeah. Ugh, what a weird series. What a fucking weird series. Mm-hmm. I could do without it. Although I own again, I believe I own at least three movies. I don't think I have the fourth, but I have three movies outside. Why do you? Why did you buy them? Because I'm stupid. <laughs> I wanted to see the special features and. Some of the transforming and fight scenes were oh like uh they're what special features to watch for a second. could have possibly been there that you wanted to see? Uh commentary was featuring Josh Kelly. No. He was in it. He was in two and three, but he there wasn't act he wouldn't. You bought it because your friend was in it. Partially. But also it was one of those like, maybe if I watch it again, it'll be better than last time. No. It was also that's definitely one I waited for on sale. It was like a two or three disc set or or three movie set. No reason, Rumi. I regret it to this day. <laughs> there we go. That's the answer I was hoping for. Broke you down, didn't I? <laughs> All right. Here's my last pitch. Here we go. All right. You got to nail this. You got to nail this, man. Let's get a little booger sugar in you before we do this pitch. <laughs> All right. All right. You're a shark. You're a tiger. You're a tiger shark. That's a thing, right? All right. Here we go. All right, gentlemen. Today is a goddamn day of reckoning. When I threw sunglasses on the dot, many of you scoffed. When I said Fido Dido was trash, many of you distanced yourselves from me. I know many of you said back in 1983 that video games were done. That dumping efforts into a spot video game was ill-advised. Look at what happened to E.T., you said. Well, I laughed all the way to the fucking bank while I developed a sequel. I got Fred from fucking Scooby-Doo to voice the little fucker. Okay. When we were told that we couldn't use or mention 7-Up Soda in any of the marketing or packaging material for Cool Spot, I was told to dissolve the project. Now, Complex Magazine ranks us as the 88th best SNES game of all time. 88th! That's top 100, you motherfuckers! Avoid the noid is in the bargain bins. McDonald Land is a failure. 7-Up rules the video game market and that brings me to the next phase of spot a project whose obstacles i'm sure will have some of you shaking in your boots scared of success i say we want the best for spot 
The full video motion technology of the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation were appealing to us, but the Genesis still has the cool market for teens, and cool spot is for cool kids. So we're porting it over. Though the Genesis can't handle video of any sort, we'll get rid of it. That's fine. Kids won't notice that the story is missing anyway. We crafted a groundbreaking isometric perspective, and even though the controller technology hasn't quite caught up with the diagonally oriented control method, we think the difficulties presented by the D-pad will enhance the gameplay and not make it drastically unplayable. Despite these hurdles, I do have some good news. We snuck the 7-Up logo into the game as an extra life token. Is it seven extra lives? No, Steve, it's not seven extra lives. It's just one extra life. But product placement goes a long way, even if it is a lie. I think you'll all see how wrong you were about this project and be crawling on your knees to apologize when this game drops. And I'll have three words to say to you. One for each hit game. Seven up yours. (laughs) You definitely have created a better show than I have at any of these. (laughs) So recently... We broke out our old video game systems. I have a Super NES and Kate, and Kate has a Sega. Yeah. And they still work gorgeously. I have burned through three Xboxes, played them till they broke within, within like five years. I have an SNES and a Sega Genesis that are almost 30 years old and they play great. <laughs> Fuck corporate America for making garbage that breaks immediately. We've been playing video games and enjoying the shit out of it, but Kate has a weird selection of games. She has a Sega Genesis and she has, of course, Sonic 2 and 3. And she has like the Aladdin game, the Little Mermaid game, and this game that was like Spot Goes to Hollywood and it's the 7-Up little red dot Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. Nowhere on the packaging does it say 7-Up or Tasty Beverage or Soda or anything. It's just the spot. And the game is in a weird, like, 3D perspective that's diagonal. But on the D-pad, the directionality pad that, that moves your character, that thing's not on, a di- not on a diagonal. It's XY. It's like a graph. It goes up, it goes down, it goes left or right. So diagonal doesn't work. It doesn't, like, mentally tie together. Like, when you're trying to move him up or down, it's, like, very confusing and bizarre. The game is so weird, it makes no sense, because when they ported it to the Genesis, they got rid of all the video explaining the plot, so it just like dumps you in the game with no explanation. You're like, what am I supposed to be doing? What does this do? What am I... Was this the only spot video game? Because I remember playing a spot video game when I was young, but I don't remember if it was this one or not. There's three of them. The first one was for NES, and it was called uh, The Spot Game. And that one was 7-Up Presents. Drink 7-Up. 7-Up was all over it. And that was literally... Have you ever played the board game? It's like an old Chinese game, Go? Yes. It was literally just that for NES, the original. That's Nintendo. the one that I have played. I'm looking, I'm looking these up. At the one that's a board game? I, that's the one I have played. So then the second one was called Cool Spot, and it was a, a, a side-scrolling platformer that apparently is one of the best top 100 platformers ever made for the SNES. Ridiculous. That one was not allowed to mention any 7-Up anything. They changed the rules. That one looks awesome. This one was like inside of a movie. There was like a pirate ship, a haunted house, and a sci-fi world. But the game was nearly unplayable because, like I said, the directionality of it 
to move diagonally through a game when your D-pad is only left and right and you're constantly having to like up and then left. Did up you have to right, like it didn't account for that? You had to move in in like 90 degree angles. So you had to go like up and then right yeah. and then up and then right. Yes. <laughs> made no sense. The game made no sense. And again, the seven up, if you found something, it says seven up and you're like, oh, cool. And you get it. And it's like one extra life. And you're like, it says seven up. <laughs> well, it's hard because like the convention in games is one up, right? That's the, actually what it's called, right? Yes. A one up is an extra life. A seven up should be seven extra lives. I mean, the game's <laughs> so fucking hard and annoying anyway that like I would use those lives anyway. <laughs> it was oh playing that game was infuriating it sounds it <laughs> and the whole time i'm playing i'm like who thought this was okay who greenlit this let alone a third like i didn't know until i was writing this that there were two other games that preceded it <gasps> bonkers i mean you had to be on cocaine to make this happen and yes there was an avoid the noid video game for the commodore 64 and mcdonald's put out a bunch of games burger king put out xbox games in the 2000s like who thinks this is a good idea that was and they were all probably in the 90s right so video games are like take home yeah. video games were taken off and everyone was like shit we gotta yeah. get on this bandwagon we gotta start making this shit but i don't understand what you think the outcome's gonna be do you think you're gonna make a better game than mario and kids are gonna be like mcdonald's fuck yeah like and especially because suddenly in the 90s, they're like, you can't market to kids like that. So, like, it had to be, like, sneaky about what it was. Right. So, man, I don't even know. It was, it's so weird. And, like, digging into all these video games. And the voice of Spot was Fred from Scooby-Doo. And here's what Spot says. Uh-oh. Okay. Like, that's it. He makes little, like, squeaky noises. You probably paid that guy a million dollars to do that. <laughs> Looking at Fred from Scooby Doo's IMDb, he has over 850 credits. This dude's been working a long time. Now he still voices Fred, but now he also does Scooby Doo. His other major credits, he was Abu in Aladdin, which is also a like squeaky. <laughs> this guy has made an entire career out of Scooby Doo and okay. little voices. <laughs> it sounds like he's, you could you give him a run for his money. It sounds like rooms. <laughs> Ruh row roomy? Yeah, totally could. <laughs> I mean, I so you guys know uh, if you're listeners, you know that I'm not a big video game guy. Amanda, every once in a while, will break open my PlayStation Three, which is I bought for a Blu-ray player because it was the best of the market at the time. She has a couple Lego Harry Potter games, and I don't know if you ever played those, but like. We've played, she loves them. I can't stand them. And I also don't care about Harry Potter. Because of that, we've tried playing like some Lego Star Wars ones. But like, I just want to do the mission. She wants to like break open all the chests and get all the coins and buy extra shit later. Fuck that. But when she plays it, there's no dialogue. So whether you're watching a cutscene or actually, you know, running around jumping stuff, the characters just go, oh, and they jump, they go, hop, hop. And if they get hit, they go, uh, mm. so it's the same thing. So when she, and she plays it, like she'll play it nonstop, like every available second that she's not doing something else, she'll play that game for like a week and a half. So for that week and a half and the next two or three weeks, anytime I walk by that room, I'll be going, uh, oh, ooh, because <laughs> In the cutscenes, they don't talk. So they just have a whole conversation where they look at each other and go, oh, 
Ew. Whoa. That's funny because I'm playing Luigi Mansion 3 or something on my Switch, <laughs> and it's the same thing. Hello. Whoa. Okay. And it's just like Luigi making Luigi noises, but none of them talk. They're like, blah, 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 blah. oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like they say some things, like one or two words you catch, but the rest of it is, oh, blah, 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 blah. and it's just like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is dumb. So, man, that was fun, man. There's some good pitches in there. And there's plenty I more mean, we could terrible do. ones, but yeah. No, I think this is going to become a reoccurring segment. Maybe once a year we'll break out the sons of pitches again. Oh. What? Let us know yeah. what, what you think had to have a ridiculous pitch involved with it. Let us know what products you're like, how did this get made? How did this get past a boardroom of people to sign off on it to the point that it got made? Who put money into something, a movie, a toy, something that you're just like, how did this happen and other people were okay with it? It's, it blows Yet my mind. Nobody at any point was like, um, I actually don't think that's going to be a good idea. It's amazing to me, especially like, especially in movies and toys where it's like big money, big money gets spent. Like a movie, millions of dollars get pumped into a movie to be an abject failure. Like the Cats movie, millions got pumped into this. Nobody at some point was like, guys, this is probably not going to go the way we think it is. Nobody was like, <laughs> oh, they should have gotten the guy who voiced Fred from Scooby-Doo. Could have fixed it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Rumi, normally we do a countdown here because that's kind of our, our bag. But since we only did six, it's like, which one of these is the best idea and the rest of them all are garbage? Let's do, let's do which is the garbagest idea. What yeah, was what the, is the what was worst the dumbest, one? The dumbest pitch to say yes to. All right. All I, did, I did Rock Lords, Spot Goes to Hollywood, and the E.T. Dick Finger. And yours were? Transformers 2, everything about it. Terrible Star Wars figures and Punisher TV series. I think <laughs> Dick Finger, because I think Dick Finger is timeless. That'll always look like a dick. Yeah, that will always look like a dick. I think, I think people will like they're going to make another Punisher movie at some point or some other Punisher property, and hopefully, kind of wash the taste out of your mouth or make it worse. Who knows? Transformers will be forgotten. They're not going to be classics, right? Like these right, aren't going to yeah. go down in time as being like no. Fuck enough time yeah. has passed by now that if they were going to be classics, they we would know. I mean, they made six of them, but like again, people often misconstrue making money for good. Right, right. When it's like, yeah, a lot of people, but I don't know, like people keep going to see them. So I don't fucking know. I don't get people it. Are stupid. I don't get Transformers. I mean, me included. Everything that I shat on, except specifically the Punisher television show, all the toys I shat on, the movies I shat on, they're in my garage. I have them. You paid I for it. I spent money yeah. on them. They, like yeah. an idiot. You're, you're part of the problem. But you're right. I think Dick Finger, no matter what, Oh, you're glowing, wrinkly. If you guys stroke. didn't look up, it's E.T. Finger Light. If you didn't look up, it does look like E.T.'s finger, but it also looks like it could be his cock. And it also <laughs> looks like it could be a human penis. Like, that's yeah. the thing is it doesn't just like it doesn't just look like an alien finger that looks like a penis. It looks like a giant dildo. Ugh. Immediately makes you question. Like, if I was in a store and I saw that, I'd have a double take. <laughs> like immediately just be like Whoa, huh? oh it's et's finger oh that doesn't work 
<laughs> Look up Baby Yoda socks on Amazon. I almost bought them for Rumi because it's like the calf part of the sock is a cute little Baby Yoda, but then he's in like his little toga wraps that go yeah. down for the rest of the sock, and it's insanely long compared to how big Yoda's head, Baby Yoda's head is. So it and looks look like, like a giant dick with a Yoda head on top. It's so funny, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. People make dumb stuff. Anyway, hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod, and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Till next time, Rumi, let's blast this thing off. <sighs> All right, so I got a great idea for a show. It's two friends who don't live together anymore, but they still call each other Rumi, see? And they talk about shit that no one cares about, including shit that they think is stupid, and then they're going to talk about how those things got made into ideas. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be gold. I see it. Let's do a sequel. Let's make a series out of it. We could do this every year. We could keep this going for infinity. They could be talking about dildos. They could be talking about pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty good, man. <laughs>